Welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs, and welcome to actually a very special episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs. Um, this is our 19th movie, so we're one away from our... God, I can't believe we're actually getting to 20 films. I never thought we'd actually get this far. When did we start this? About a year and a half ago, I think. Uh, was it that long? I think so. Because we did not do a movie a month. We did like we ended up doing like two a month. Yeah, we had to have, but I mean it. But yeah, it, we started this in, in at the uh, like around the tail end of 2017. So yeah, it's been going on for that wow. long. Wow. And we are being joined by two special guests with us actually. So we're doing our first ever crossover episode. Um, oh my god. <laughs> It's like when the critic was on The Simpsons. Yes. Maybe even less funny. <laughs> I am being joined by Danae and Raven from the new web series, The Spooky Bitches of Lubbock. Welcome. Okay. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, D- Danae and I, we've, we've worked together before on uh, Rediscovering the Magic, so we're very familiar with each other. She was she was the Brazilian cookie girl of the show. I just were going to bring that up. I just prepared <laughs> my phone because I knew you had to bring it up so that someone Googles it to see big Brazilian butts. <laughs> I'm not oh wait, I'm not supposed to be Googling that right now. Anyway. <laughs> no. no. Um but uh, tell 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 the listeners about your show guys. What's what's what is the spooky bitches of Lubbock all about? Um, so, uh, Renee and I are, are Lubbock famous. <laughs> I'm going to start with that. We, um, are very active in the arts and culture scene here in town. Renee is a DJ mm-hmm. and, uh, we both also host movies at Alamo Draft House. So this is a perfect show for us because we love movies. All right, so three out of four um, of us are Alamo hosts. All right. Yes. Give me an Alamo and I'll host. <laughs> I know. Right? Ohio, you need one. Ohio um, needs something. Ohio needs anything. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so we are part of this group of ladies. Uh, we all do stuff around town. And um, the co-creator, Michelle, and I... One night saw uh, someone post a screenshot of a tweet about the spooky housewives versus the real housewives. And because I can't sit still, and neither can Renee, nope. we, um, we, we actually looked at it. Like, I posted that at, like, 8 o'clock, and but around midnight that night, we already had a group chat with the cast. So, wow. um May 31st uh, to today, we just realized we've been spooky bitches officially for 104 days, which is probably the lamest thing ever, but That's not we are in it. I mean... I mean, it's good. Hey, good. We'll make it spooky. By the wanna, end. <laughs> if you want to give us a call, but anyway, so Listen, we're at local... We got in Ohio like five minutes ago. So I know. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to, to drop a Lubbock bomb, but we'll see. <laughs> I love Lubbock. Lubbock's fantastic. It has everything it needs. It's got you too. I mean, That's true. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I don't even know what to 
devastated that Andy. I'm just like over here like, okay. That's right. You don't know what to say to that. Because I'm being nice and I'm not dragging you for anything for once. So there you go. <laughs> now, Jesus. Now, now, what I know of Lubbock, Texas, besides it being a college town, is it's also pretty conservative. How do people respond to because i know that one of your cast members isn't actually is an actual practicing witch how, how did have you gotten any responses from this the, the snooty uppity like good christian bitches out there about about this today thing is mom radio station here and uh i just wrote a blog today about you know the year is 1997 marilyn manson is coming to town and i remember yeah and lubbock is marilyn manson famous for widely protesting his appearance here and like people paid money to be in the show to protest the show i'll let you do the math on that one. Oh my god um, <laughs> and uh and, but from where it was in 1997, where I had actual teachers in school telling me I was going to hell for liking Marilyn Manson and being the only goth at my school, um, <laughs> it's come a long way. I'm very proud of Lubbock. I feel like, um, you know, it, we, we're commonly referred to as the biggest small town. That's so true. Mm -hmm. We really are the biggest small town. But... You know, with the university and with, you know, fighting tooth and nail, weirdos have fought tooth and nail to bring this town to some modicum of creativity, right? And I think that's why Danae got the idea that we that we needed to do this. You know what I mean? We really needed to represent, you know, the, you know, God love the mamas that, you know, or, you know, have the, the blonde highlights and the. And the can I talk to the manager attitudes, you know? <laughs> I feel dragged right now so hard. <laughs> Do you have a Karen haircut? I mean, I, listen, I, I, on the bingo card, all of the squares are filled with white claw, and they're all in my basement right now. So, <laughs> God. Basically, Andy is a male version of a Harper Valley PTA mom. So there you go. <laughs> was, hey, trivia, movie trivia. That was filmed in my hometown. Oh, the outside of it. Yep. <laughs> at my elementary school. Suck on that, clown shoes. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. You know, the fact that you are even associated with a podcast whatsoever, let alone a host kind of eliminates you from that subculture, I'm afraid. Yeah, that's probably true. That's you can't be normal and be into podcasts. <laughs> I know that well, you're trying so hard, Andy, but... <laughs> I eliminated normal from my life 30 years ago. <laughs> it's been gone for a long time. It's been gone for a long time. It's <laughs> closed. Yeah, that's, it disappeared when I was like 12. So let's just forget that happened. <laughs> My so, God. We've got pushback from Danae's mama. I'll let her explain that. <laughs> well, so honestly, most of the like really uppity, snooty people aren't even going to click our Facebook page. They're not even going to look at it. They are too inundated with 
their Kendra Scott ads. And I mean, we won't even come across their feed. And so when the only like kind of weird thing, I guess my, my mom, when she saw our intro was very concerned because she thought it looked like we were actually practicing witchcraft. Wow. <laughs> and she got very nervous. And yes, um, that has been fun. And honestly, there's been a few of my friends who have been like, so, so you're a witch, you're a witch now? And I'm like, no, but thanks for thinking that the shots were believable. Like, I don't know what to say. To you should just start <laughs> quoting the craft around them and get it over with and just, you know, freak them out for a little bit. Either, either that or change your look today. today. I'll be hosting the craft at Alamo in October. So How funny! So am I! Hi! <laughs> Alamo give us a paycheck for as much as we're mentioning. <laughs> you guys should just, for Christmas this year, find really cheap copies of Practical Magic on DVD and just send it to everybody. Just be like, this is what real witchcraft looks like. <laughs> you know, it, it's I'm funny that... that. <laughs> just send, just any movie and you'll just be like, I'm hosting that. Is that me? <laughs> yes. Do you guys ever come up for air? Uh, no. no, no, no. You guys are doing so much. Do you ever come up for air? Like, do you get rest? Do you get? Well, yeah, I did draw the line at hosting Steel Magnolias because I refused to think of them. Jewish Shelby. <laughs> I would be there. We, there's actually a there's there's actually a drink special for the Steel Magnolias party called Shelby Drink Your Juice. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> tasteless. <laughs> I mean, it tastes great, but it's tasteless. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, we're going to have a fun, joking movie party about a woman who, spoiler alert, dies of diabetes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because, like, to be accused of being, like, a witch over something like that, I, you know, I can't help but, like, chuckle because I've actually uh, I had a beautiful, beautiful experience in Dallas, Texas, um, attending a Thelemite church. And, um, which is the philosophy of Aleister Crowley. And we actually did like weird esoteric yoga. We drank wine and saluted an actual live nude woman Mm -hmm. that was there. And, um, it was the coolest fucking experience of my life. It was really, really neat. Um, and, and very, very, um, occultish. And, and not satanic, but definitely in that kind of um, you are your own God mindset. You know, so when people are like, are you a witch? I'm like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I was about ready to say, where the hell do they recreate Midsummer here in Dallas? Because I want to go check that out. <laughs> um, it was I, I will send you the info because it is it is a very, very cool group of folks that do that. And um and, and I know they have a branch in Austin and other places like that. And, and it was an honor to participate. And it was really, really neat. And then afterwards, we went and got Greek food. So nice. That's very Dallas. That, that is so Dallas. I, 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 can't, I can't even begin to tell you how Dallas that is. Okay, we're going to go and participate in some Wicca, Pagan, everybody is all unity. And now let's go get some flaming cheese at the Greek yogurt restaurant. 
<laughs> this is the right hand path of magic. And after and after that, um, we're gonna put some oil and some fat on some French fries and get down. Let's <laughs> go. Opa. You know, it's funny, they make you drink an entire glass of wine for the communion, which I am so there for. Oh, so it's not just a little sip, it's the whole glass? You no, know, you have a glass, and you say, there are no other, there is nothing of the gods uh, that's not in me. I'm probably paraphrasing there, but something like that, and then you down the whole glass in front of a nude woman. And it's lovely. I, I mean, I thought you were talking about a religious experience, not college, Renee. That's a, Whitney, that's a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> Hell, Whitney Houston probably did that while high on cocaine. You never know. Probably. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, drink this wine and wish it be. Bobby! Bobby! <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I, I knew... I knew that putting the three of you on a phone call was dangerous, but I didn't know how dangerous. <laughs> I would like to thank you for coming on. This is this this particular issue episode of the show is a first in a lot of ways. It's our first time we've had a guest, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So that's amazing. You guys are amazing. You guys, you know, are, are doing amazing work. Like it's so damn cool. And, and we'll make sure everybody has the links to everything, and we'll replug everything at the end. Yeah, just um, just with episode one alone, you made me glad that I uh, did, did, that I GoFunded you guys to help you out. I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun show. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's also our first. It's a first for us because we, the four of us, are deeming this movie a cult movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's a movie that I'm pretty sure no one knows exists. We did a, uh, how many episodes ago did we do uh, Summer Camp Nightmare Terror Fest 3000? Not that long ago. I think that was episode 17, actually. So not that long ago. Um, so yeah, right, that was our are, 17th movie. This is, this is the same director. Mm -hmm. And... You know, in the research for that, we found this and we said, have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Watch the trailer. Holy hell, we're doing this movie. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we've decided this is a cult movie. After this, it is a cult movie. I think we get to make that decision. <laughs> Four of us are officially a cult. Yes. <laughs> and what's great is, is that when Danae messaged us to ask about doing the crossover episode, we had just watched the trailer when she messaged us about this and we're like we've got the movie <laughs> immediately after watching this trailer it's like you we are doing this thing um and, and that movie is twice dead from 1988. well i got one more first because this is the first time we've gotten a correction that i need to mention oh um so we've got a correction turns out that not all millennials are furries apologize oh, i apologize Christ. for that um that was that was <sighs> supposed uh roy Roy and I suppose that all millennials were furries. Just every one of them. I did and not. Roy, it's okay, man. You can own it now. You've been corrected. They're not all furries, but I think they all have a fursona. <laughs> oh. Oh. Aren't we all millennials? Like, we're all between, like, 25, like, 30, no, whatever. Right? No, I'm older than dirt. <laughs> 
You can keep nope. your persona. I'm going to go back to singles again. Well, I, I've evolved to a clown Sona, so. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm leaving forever. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in my bunker with my white claw, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have a good show. Between, between Renee and Roy and the uh, clowns that they both amass on my Facebook timeline. I'm I'm gonna have to unfollow them until this it is over. Yeah, it's version <laughs> therapy. Apparently, that's this that I'm getting from these two. But yeah, so so twice dead is the movie we're doing in this one. And um, let's see here. I, I was like, like I said, when trying to do the research online for this movie, there's not really a lot out there on this thing, except that it was, you know, released in 1988, directed by the same man who gave us a summer camp nightmare. Um, the film was shot in six weeks on and off. Um, some of the scenes were shot on location at UCLA without any permit. So it was literally, you know, shoot and run basically. Nice. Um, the main, the, the main star in the movie uh, Tom Bershannon, um, who I don't think really went on to do anything because I don't recall the name Tom Bershannon. Um, he, he did all his own stunts in this movie, um, but uh, he's done like little things here and there. He's, he's known for appearing for a couple of times on the TV show Silk Stockings in the 90s. Hell yeah. Uh, so, USA Network, yes. So, so there's that. Um, and um, I, yeah, that's really kind of it. I mean, there's, I mean, it does. I don't. I couldn't even find a Wikipedia page for this movie. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Oh this movie's not pretty. <laughs> so I mean, that which tells you something because our last film that we did, Premutos, pre, pre which was the shot on eight on uh, you know on a beta cam film from Germany, has a Wikipedia page, but Twice Dead doesn't. Well, we willed this movie into existence. <laughs> but we all watched the trailer. So, Raven, what jumped out at you? What are you excited for? Well, I, I just feel like a real fatty because the, I think, you know, twice dead, I immediately think like twice baked potatoes. <laughs> like, that is the first thing I think about. <laughs> Tells me so much. I. I, I <laughs> So, so we're looking forward to twice baked potatoes. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, judging, but well, you know what? Maybe potatoes before we Maybe that's the nickname that we could give the fat guy on the motorcycle on the trailer. He's the fat baked potato. Listen, the Shriners are a fine organization. Let's not. <laughs> this cult, this cult that we are creating, has now gone from where we're obviously going to be staring at Renee naked while drinking White Claws and eating twice baked potatoes. Yes. And I think that we're going to have at least ten hundred followers, ten thousand followers, maybe a million followers by the end of the week. So, yay! Sure, of course. <laughs> yeah, and we're just going to watch uh, bad horror movies in the background. You know, weirdo YouTube channels that just uh, eats twice baked potatoes and whispers into the mic about bad horror movies, right? <laughs> you could do ASMR about bad horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make the ASMR money. <laughs> I'll just wander through the background drinking White Claw. Yeah. Niche, See, he'll just... See, that's where you get it. He'll have the White Claw and he'll start going... 
try some baked potatoes. <laughs> so, Danae, you watched this trailer as well. I hope. <laughs> I did, of course. I did my research. I mean, there's a lot in this trailer. They, they did everything. Everything. This is the reason I love '80s movies, like horror movie trailers, because they literally they give you everything. Here's the whole movie. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that's what the trailer did. The trailer was like, here's the whole movie. And here's, like, one of the weirdest things about my marriage. I know you didn't know that was going to come out of my mouth just now. (laughs) I love nostalgia, and I'm, like, an 80s. I'm a slut for 80s, like anything. Just if you're like, this was made in the 80s, I'm like, give it to me. Uh, I almost said, like, hashtag daddy, and I didn't. And then I said it anyway. Um, Anyway, my husband, on the other hand, is like, if he didn't watch it in the 80s, when it was pertinent, then he can't, he can't get down on it because there's no nostalgia, whatever. However, I was like, hey, watch this dumb trailer that Roy sent me. So of course he's like, oh, if Roy sent it, I got to watch this. Um, because it's going to be reputation, There's my, my, my reputation and my legacy right there. Oh, if That's Roy right. sent it, then it's got to be ridiculous. <laughs> if we send it, let's watch it. So we we watch this trailer, and even Chris, who hates like all things that I love, eighties, was like, "Yeah, we're watching this." Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, if, like we already have him as a cult member. I'm just like the trailer alone was so drippingly eighties. Like when I finished watching it, my hair was magically in a scrunchie, and I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> so yes, I'm not even like. I'm very excited. I was just telling Roy and Andy before we started recording that there was another 80s horror movie that I thought was a fever dream. Apparently, it's not. Yep. And so now I want to go watch it, too, because I just love bad 80s horror. Well, and there's, you know, what's interesting about this movie and its cast is if you kind of do a rundown with any research you can do, like half of the cast of this movie is goes on to do like major horror movies, like Halloween movies or Nightmare on Elm Street movies, or it, it, it's it, this is a weird jumping off point for a lot of people <laughs> to do. The gateway like, movie. Yeah, it's like a gateway horror movie for a lot of people, and apparently Roger Corman was involved in this somehow. I don't know how, but of course he was. It, I'm. This the the trailer for this thing checked off every box that I need in my movies. It was like, oh yeah, okay, so there's some cops, there's a haunted house, there's some practical effects. Oh, there's some weird masks. Nice. There's some there's some there's some bad bad effects. Yes, yes. Um, and, that guy and, on a bike. That is that guy on a bike. Like that's that center center gets a square. My. One of my favorite things to do since Roy introduced me to the pain that is the show is, um, <laughs> is IMDb has a section for plot keywords. So if you go to IMDb and you look up a movie, it has plot keywords in it. And this movie immediately, the first two plot keywords are murder of a nude man and murder of a nude woman. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good now. 
Like, this is good for me. Like, anytime Who searches you that keyword? Um, let's see. We're on a, we're on a show. We want to know about the nude man. Let's find out the nude man. Let's find out. <laughs> Ed Kemper asshole searches nude man gets murdered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, top of the list is the revenant. So that's that's the beginning of things. Um, <laughs> it starts there and just works its way down to <laughs> stuff that nobody needs. Um, <laughs> movies that I don't associate with nude man killing. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I don't often I think I need some of that some of that Wang murder and then go. Chicago's the movie I want. But it's <laughs> <laughs> He had it coming. I'm like, you know, if I could mix the song Cellophane with Wang Murder, which is now just a thing I say. Um, <laughs> you know, the name the, of our new band. Wang, Wang I, Murder. Can we just take a moment to talk about John C. Riley? I mean, whatever he wants. <laughs> you mentioned Cellophane Man. I just, I cannot get over that he is an Academy Award winning actor and then he does. Dr. Steve Brule. That is... <laughs> that is art! <laughs> he is an artiste. He is. I think it's absolutely brilliant. He is an artiste. But, um, but now you put in the ether, though, Andy, the idea of him going up on stage with cellophane wrapped around his death wanger, <laughs> singing Mr. Cellophane. Listen. I'm in. He'd do it. Listen. He would totally do it. Death is opening... Danae and I's band. So. <laughs> write him a letter. He'll do it. Dear John C. Riley. <laughs> Let me tell you about Deathwanger. I feel like Deathwanger, Roy, I feel like we could take that to Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mark Cuban will give us all the money and Mavs tickets for that. I, de I, I definitely see that. We're asking for $100,000 or one tenth of our declared value to produce Nerdwanger. 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 Hell, Deathwanger will become the new. Uh, we'll replace the Maverick dancers with Deathwanger. I mean, you know, after the the second period happens, you know, Deathwanger will come out and perform for all the kids, and and it'll be a sure. happy, fun time for the family. I'm in. I imagine Deathwanger in clown makeup. Of course you would. Now I'm out. Now I'm out. See? I was in, and now I'm out. I'm this is why you're this opening thing's tearing me apart. Murder Wag. This is why you're opening for Murder Wag. Because you can't, because we can't be on the same stage together. So That's true. That's fair. Yeah. It's a clown, and he has an English ruff around his neck. That's what I see in my mind. That is my that vision. Is. Uh -huh. That's it. I think we just found the person who's searching for Murder man on IMDb. I think that's what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just discovered that person. Yeah, there's an entirely new podcast that's just the four of us drinking White Claws and looking up the most bizarre keywords on IMDb. There you go. Yeah. That's a good concept, actually. Because <laughs> we need more things to do, Renee. So let's do it. <laughs> you need them like a hole in the head. Because none, <laughs> right? none of us are doing way too many things. So yeah, we had we don't have enough to do at all. Speaking <laughs> of way too many things, Roy, what did you think of the trailer? Oh my god, I, it's it had me at levitating shotgun. I mean, 
the, 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 the minute he like held his hand out and used the force to to get the shotgun in his hand, I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm totally in. And then I go and I read. Uh, I love it. Not only is there not a Wikipedia page for this movie, but there's not even an official synopsis on Internet Movie Database for it. There's no. just there's just a summary. And the summary is the Cates family is thrilled to learn that they've inherited the old mansion of a deranged stage actor named Tyler Walker. They arrive to discover that the mansion has turned into a playground for the local street gang. But the gang is not all that the Kate's children have to worry about as Tyler's ghost has made it known he's not happy with their intrusion. <laughs> That's the plot. So reading that... Did I get from the trailer? Because I'm not sure that I did <laughs> No, that's that's according to Internet no. Movie Database, and I got none of that from the trailer whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, what, I love the 80s so much. <laughs> what I got from the trailer while watching it is is basically the Lost Boys with Jedi powers and a motorcycle gang is is what I got from this. Oh, and Todd Bridges. Um, Todd Bridges, yes. <laughs> That's all that matters to me right now. Yeah, is just, I'm living for Todd Bridges in this movie. Right I'm now. sure Todd Bridges did this movie because he needed the money for the cocaine. <laughs> is his reason I think he for just needed this. the money full stop. I, I mean, it's, it's been a while. But though, if you go look at Todd Bridges' IMDb page, he has been working steadily and still working. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine projects in either that have not either hey a have not been released or b are in pre-production right now yeah <laughs> this man works god bless you willis i, I can't I, I can't believe he's the one who survived out of all of them too that's the thing is is that i mean todd bridges was notorious for uh you know, snorting, snorting up Pablo Escobar-sized mounds of cocaine in the 80s, and yet he's the only one left alive. I, I do want to pull one um, credit out of Todd Bridges' IMDb that I think has to be mentioned at this point. In the year 2000, um, there was a project called After Different Strokes, When the Laughter Stopped. It is a TV movie, and Roy, I want you to pay particular attention to this. Oh, I'm seeing it right now. He's playing the crack dealer. He plays a crack dealer. Um, I think that this is something we need to look at. Look at doing. I think, <laughs> I think this is something we need to look at doing. Um, well, are we ready to watch this monstrosity? Yes. God, yes. <laughs> right? You know, I looked up the trailer on YouTube and didn't realize I started the full movie, so might as well. I mean, I mean honestly, it's probably the same. Probably. <laughs> so, we're going to so so for the for the ladies here, what we're going to do is we're going to pause the show. Uh, we're going to go and watch the movie and we're going to come back with our thoughts to our listeners if you do want to watch this movie. Um, it is on Amazon Prime, or you can just watch it for free on YouTube. Some someone uploaded the VHS rip of this movie on uh, on YouTube, so it's probably going to be a lot more fun to watch the VHS rip than whatever print they have on Amazon Prime. Um, by the way, I actually found out that. Um, 
Twice Dead was released on Blu-ray. No! <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, Twice Dead was released on Blu-ray with a double feature uh, called Roger Corman's Cult Classics. It was a double feature with a movie called The Evil. And, and it was uh, in the five dollar Walmart bin. I'm pretty sure I, it's there now. Yeah. Going to Amazon as we speak. Uh, gotta buy it. Yep, there it is. And oh, I love this. And in the evil, it stars Richard Crenna. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, let's watch this thing. I'm ready. My body's ready. All righty, let's go for it. Here we go, and we'll be right back, folks, with our thoughts on this. Farmer took a bullet for us and watched this film twice. We had a little more time in between it, um, in between uh, the, the first and second uh, parts of this. So I went ahead and just watched it twice. You, you um, sick, I'm not sick getting man. that time back. So that's Amazon Prime. That that's uh, that's money well spent right there. <laughs> you <laughs> sick, Jeez. sick man. Did anyone else see it more than once? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of In assholes. fact, this is what's worse is I fell asleep. I fall asleep during everything now, but I fell asleep the first time halfway through, so I had to like watch it in two sittings. Nice. Well, you have to. I watched it twice, but seriously, it probably took me ten hours to watch it twice <laughs> it because I kept having to be like, I gotta walk away from this right now for a while and then come back because wow. I mean, because un wow. un unlike Summer Camp Nightmare, where you just press forward because you want to see where it goes this one's a chore it's like it's like it's like watching david lynch's dune for the very first time it and kind of, yeah it's like <laughs> terrence malick's the tree of life but yes shitty. <laughs> that's that's really what it's like it's a movie it, it it's a not only is there an a hard a story a hard a line you know story there's also like a hard A minus line story, and then like a B, C, D, E, and F story, including one just about a hearse. There's an entire storyline in this film about a hearse. 
that really doesn't play a huge part. Like, no. I understand what they were trying to do, and, but they just, like, kept setting it up in such weird ways. Like, oh, there's a casket in my basement. That'll come into play later in the movie. <laughs> what are you doing, dragon? Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. What, Danae? What? I'm, my breathless, I'm, I don't, I'm trying to still remember if I watched Lost Boys that was on acid in this movie happened, um, or if they watched the Lost Boys and were on acid yes. in that movie happened. <laughs> well, they watched the last boys that were on acid, and one of them really liked um, Hostess Ding Dongs, apparently. Yeah, and, and the other, it's just, he was a vampire for that nougat. He was a nougat. Um, no, I think I just want to know what um, what was going on the, through Dragon's brain when he decided to do yeah, this movie. Well, what what Dragon thought a gang was, what Bert Dragon thought a gang was. That's what I want to. And keep in mind, the one thing I had to keep reminding myself, especially in the second viewing, was this is happening. Like I think it's just it, the, you guys will have a better grasp of where this movie took place right i'm guessing it's los angeles like la yeah i'm guessing it's la um i i i I guess cute shot so that we paused the movie and rewound it because we thought that it was in burbank yeah so definitely socal because there was just like as there was like an alleyway and like a street and i was like that's burbank and chris was like it might be and we i think we looked at uh, it's been so long now. I think we looked it up and it wasn't Burbank, but it's like Riverside or so. Like it's definitely Southern California. So here's the thing: this movie takes place. This gang exists. This story takes place in LA. Okay, I want to be real clear about the, heart- the fact that there is a scene where the four of them are on the front porch on a fairly heavily populated street in shitty Halloween masks, and the dad comes out and shoots a shotgun off in the <laughs> front yard in L.A. That's L.A. That's, that's common. That I, I hung out in L.A. so much growing up. That's common. That's, that's normal, especially if it's Glendale, California. I mean, that's normal. I mean, but is that mansion in Glendale? Is Glendale went where the where the guy who wanted to get into talkies committed suicide in his giant mansion with Grecian pillars out front? Is that where that's hey, they is can't they film the front part of it to look like, like this mansion, right? So you're like, oh, it's like a mansion in, in the valley somewhere. But then the inside of the house is obviously nothing mm-hmm. that would have got, come from the front. And it looks like someone's Midwestern home. Like, oh, they're in the Midwest. So are they have a gun. Did they move from the Midwest to L.A.? They like, moved from I, Colorado, I think. Which brings, me to, which brings me to a really... I watched this movie twice because I wanted to know really badly how to be a good parent. And I think <laughs> that this movie really just lays it out real hard. What you do is you demean your son for not being a man, making shoot guns <laughs> in a junkyard, um, and then leave for two weeks yeah. after you've been attacked three times by the almost lost boys. And, a, the, and, and a ghostly rope. By the confused boys, which, by the way, can I ask this? There's so many questions. <laughs> a guy committed suicide. In a house, mm-hmm. okay? 
with his was, with, there, with his mannequin was, girlfriend. With his mannequin girlfriend, essentially in front of the police, like essentially in front of the police. Mm-hmm. How is that rope still in that fucking house? Why didn't they take that rope into some sort of evidence? It's haunted. It came did, back. It did it snake its way back from the police station to the yeah, house? Yeah, you know, it just wiggled its way across the ground and got back into the house along with all the other props that the police didn't confiscate, like his movie posters and his so, record player that plays Dancing in the Dark. Oh yeah, the um, you guys uh, have spent some time in, in L.A., right? Yeah. Like the, the both of you. Um, what high school offers a... Um, <laughs> A theatrical makeup course. <laughs> oh, you you have no idea. I mean, there 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 are a lot of high schools and, and junior high schools down there that do. <laughs> I mean, Todd Rick is working at the library because I want to go to that one. Well, you, you know, in real so life, crazy. Todd. Rick- in real life, Todd Bridges would not be working at a library no, he unless, would, he unless, unless he was doing it for community service. He'd be living under a library. I'm sorry. What, what was that today? This is so crazy if you, like, what high schools in L.A. or whatever. So, like, we went to high school in Burbank. And this is obviously, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's a very different time period. But it it might actually, a school would have had that because... At our high school, instead of having, like, all the football players be the popular kids, like, the choir was where all the popular kids were. Homecoming court, prom court was all choir kids. For whatever reason, our school had a shitty theater department. (laughs) The show Glee is based on our choir, uh, the choir my husband was in. And so, like... Maybe That's some of those festivals are performing arts ones, but like theater in LA where actor kids are going, that was terrible. That's like the Quacker put on the musicals. Well, they don't know how to improv at all. I've actually went to one once and I remember that the teachers were teaching them improv and it's like, okay, here's the scenario. Where are you? Uh, the Galleria. And what are you doing? Uh, shopping for shoes. <laughs> And it was like they did their little thing with the shopping for shoes. And like, okay, you're good. Next group them up. Okay, so grab another scenario. Where are you? Um, I'm in the Galleria. And um, I'm shopping for bras. You know, that's, that's basically what the class was like I attended. And I went, oh, I'm never going to school here. What's What's really funny, Danae, is that your school, the actual show choir was based on uh, – that Glee was in was based on. I actually sang in the show choir in, in – that Glee was based on, in big air quotes, in the show, meaning the actual show choir from Ohio. <laughs> so, like, that's where the show is based. Like, the show choir from the high school in the show I sang yeah. in at one point. That's hilarious. That's awesome. You know who else couldn't improvise? Nobody in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fucked. <laughs> no, no one in this movie. This movie and acting... I'm just, we already mentioned this, but we should just go ahead and bring this up right now. Um, if you're going to cast, you know, uh, siblings or love interests, like maybe, like, choose. Or else you get <laughs> really, like, are so, Were they, were, so my question, I, I have a legitimate question. First of all, one way or another, Scott and Robin, other, you know, Tom and Jill, Scott and Robin, were banging. Okay, one way or another, they were they were they were hitting it. 
Oh yeah, there was, it was it was a total flowers in the attic moment with those kids. It really was. But was it? But was it something where they were cast for it, or did it just develop off? Off? They were. I think they were boning off off camera, like, and they just couldn't turn it off. They weren't good enough actors to turn it off while they were on set. <laughs> I think they were a thing, and they couldn't turn it off. I'll tell you who wasn't hitting it. We're the husband and the wife in this. There was no <laughs> chemistry there. She was a statue person. Why would, they going, back to, why would they going back to Colorado for the for court? Like, because of the thing. Like, for the what? But don't bring your kids. Don't put them in the, in the, in the station wagon and drive them back. They haven't just been assaulted. A cat was murdered with a knife and stuck into a door. Oh, let's and talk they were like, about... Let's talk about that murdered cat for a moment, because... Oh, what's that cat's name? Um, the cat, whose name was Meow. Yeah, um, good writing. Um, so, so they had a cat named Meow, and honestly, it was a mercy killing because of that name. But when they kill, I knew the cat was going to die the minute the cat got out of the house. I'm like, oh, here we go. They're going to kill the cat. The, the dead cat corpse that was nailed to the door uh, by the knife was one of the most, either one of the most horrible taxidermy jobs I've ever seen in my entire life, or they found it in the stuffed animal bit of a Goodwill in Burbank and just threw some red paint on it and said, stab it through the door. It looked nothing like the cat. I mean, this, this, I mean, it's amazing how when they immediately stabbed the cat meow, it got instant mange. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to, I've seen this movie last. So I'm going to do two things right now. I'm going to very quickly explain this movie. And then I'm going to tell you what the movie actually was. Because I think I figured it out. Okay? Okay. So very quickly, feel free to interject. Feel free to interject. But I think the audience needs to know what this movie was. Oh, by the way, the high school was actually filmed at UCLA. I just found Okay. That. They okay. filmed the scenes at UCLA without permits. <laughs> of course they did. Um <laughs> All right, the, a family inherits inherits a mansion from their grandfather, right? It, am I correct in that? I think it's the grandfather. Yes. Okay. The, <laughs> but the time the timeline doesn't make sense. No, though. It, it doesn't make sense. So None was it the, the grandfather who was dancing in the dark? I mean, what? What? It was no. It was the great grandfather who was dancing in the dark. It was the great-grandfather who was dancing in the dark. Okay, the movie starts with a scene of a... a, a, a you have Sven Gulli dancing with Kim Cattrall from Mannequin, basically, is what's happening in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's it's the it's the, the third on-deck understudy to the bartender from Casablanca from the Brussels Truck Company rendition. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, he he was dancing um uh, i we still don't have a full story of what was going on there but it's so hard to explain this movie but it opens on a black and white scene with i don't know whether he was uh, uh, uh i don't know who was trying to get into the house but the police were there i don't know why they were trying to get into the house but they got into the house and he had committed suicide and s stabbed a mannequin to death <laughs> <laughs> it was a person when at the beginning of the scene, though. It was a real person. You're right. You're right. It was so a real person like, at the beginning of the scene. 
What? <laughs> it, was the same, yeah, it was the same. It was Jill Whitlow in both parts. The same way it was uh, Jonathan Chapin played Tyler, who was the guy at the beginning, and Crip. And the guy's name was Crip. Crip. Um, and Crip. Uh, a family inherits a house that's haunted. I'm just going to cut a TLDR. Um, and they move into this giant mansion that is haunted by the ghost of their great great grandfather. Um, who was a a, a a stage performer um, that was into some like some some uh, witchy woo shit um, and had a record player and a weird room that no one ever changed that um, <laughs> was set up exactly the same when the family moves into it um, so the family moves into this mansion um, and uh, is immediately set upon upon moving in by um and i know you can't see it but i think you can really feel it the air quotes around the word gang um i think think you can really absorb those uh well the fact that you've got a gang who um is being led by someone who i get i bet i guess you could (laughs) silk um the the leader of the gang who basically looks like basically looks like crispin glover went into a um, hairdresser one day and said, "Give me Kiefer Sutherland's hair." Yeah, and you've uh, got you've got silk. Well, they're all ridiculous. Every one of them's ridiculous. Uh, we, we had the names of Silk. We we had the names of Silk, who is the leader. Then you have Crip. Then you have Stone. You have Stony. Listen, Stony is <laughs> is close to uh, the best Blade cosplay I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And then you have the female Candy, who basically—basically, ba- basically she's a hot topic employee. And then Candy is my favorite because I don't know how much patent leather you can pack on one person today. Maybe you can comment on that, but she's got it, baby. She's my really... thing. I'm trying to understand how you can dress like that and be in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Can't. And then the best part is then when they show her later and she's like, JK, I'm just like. It's like a day later. It's like a day later today. (laughs) And like that that perm out of your hair. There's no way you could have even gotten that shit off of your face in one day. Like that was makeup that was on face. She found her real quick is what happened. She went straight from. uh, (laughs) She had to do underwear. It's what it is. She yeah. went straight from uh, she went straight from the Rhythm Nation to uh, to John Smith real quick. Yes, I don't understand, but she she found the Lord. Yeah, and the Lord said, "No more eyeshadows. No, and- <laughs> no more just having handcuffs for yeah. no reason. You are that's going to a, look. That's not an accessory. You're going to look like a background actress from the Facts of Life for the rest of your life. That's what the yeah. Lord said. How much do you like denim? <laughs> a lot. Good. But then, because of course, here's an entire jumpsuit. Put but, it on. But then, of course, the the, the 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 in many ways the big man of the gang, Melvin, because nothing yeah, nothing Melvin. says hard. Big giant gonna kick your ass gang member like Melvin. Yeah. Yeah, Melvin. <laughs> Melvin, who was a transplant to LA from Arkansas, I think. That's where Melvin came from. I've yes. spent some time in Arkansas. I've seen a few Melvins. They're out there. Um <laughs> Melvin, who wore a sleeveless Hawaiian shirt 
under a sleeveless jean jacket. Uh, that's a bold choice for a Melvin. That's really, that's really getting out there. And uh, had a dirt bike as an accessory. <laughs> that dirt bike had more acting ability than Melvin did. I think that you were attached to him from the minute you watched the trailer is the thing. Well, yeah, because they, I think they showed three times in the trailer him driving through that door on that dirt bike. <laughs> And I could not love him. I can't not love that guy. Um, well, especially yeah. especially with some of the actions that he does later in the movie. So, and those are or that's your core group. That's your core group. Then you have T- who was it? It was Tina and Tina's boyfriend, um, who were there just to have sex. Yeah, that was the entire purpose of them being there. Um, was to have sex. Those those are the members of the of the gang. Oh, don't forget, um, don't forget, Petey. Which one was Petey? That's Todd Bridges. Oh well, he wasn't in the gang. He, he was, was just he, a was, he was just like was there. Like gang members, though. Yeah, he was just there. That's the thing. He was just Todd Bridges. It's like you got everybody going around yeah. that has some kind of a purpose to it, and then you've got well, Todd Bridges needs the work. Give him this. Yeah, murdered. He did get murdered. He's he's the only, he's the only person in the entire movie that the gang successfully murders. Yes, <laughs> and they weren't even trying. That's the thing. Right, right. It was it was manslaughter. It wasn't even murder. It was an accident. Oops. But there is a there is a great fight scene. Um, and immediately Crip is, and we don't know why, in the most creepy way possible, attracted to. Uh, Jill Whitlow as Robin Cates, the daughter. Um, could you guys distinguish that those were the same actors? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, See, yeah. See, I couldn't. I didn't distinguish it. Like, the um, minute they showed him, I was like, oh, God. Like, I, <laughs> I, was like, I knew that they were either, like, I thought he was going to be possessed by like the spirit. I didn't realize it was going to be like the great grandson or like the direct son. That was the thing that was confusing because I thought they said he couldn't be his great grandson. He was his son. And I was like, um, but he didn't age for 30, 40, 50. Like, how many years have gone by? Well, you know, it's SoCal, plastic surgery, you know. And didn't you see Death Becomes Her? (laughs) If, If a motor, if a. Okay, so we were talking about the dirt bike, the motorbike, whatever, kills the big dude. If I can I can suspend my disbelief for like that, but like him not him being that dude's son, I'm like, all right. This is where I'm like that's, <laughs> that's like, where that's you draw where the line, huh? I was like, I don't know, because you're the same. Okay. I thought if he was possessed by the spirit, I was like, okay, well like that, like whatever. By, I can see that. By the I'll believe that. By, by the you're way, he died 80 years ago. <laughs> sperm donor. He was a sperm donor, basically, is what it probably is. There's probably a deleted scene where it shows that he was a sperm donor. <laughs> I would love to see deleted scenes from this movie, but, from this film. But the, by the way, Andy, do you know that this movie has another connection with our show besides it being directed by the same director who directed no. Summer Camp Nightmare? No, I don't. Well, Mommy on this on, in this movie, who runs off back also, is played by Brooke Bundy. Okay. Brooke, okay. Brooke Bundy 
also starred in The Gay Deceivers as Karen, the girlfriend. Really? Yes. Oh. Oh, that, is, that explains so goddamn much. I don't like that. Um, so the gang harangues the family. We're not real sure why, but Crip is the creepiest guy ever. Like, like creepy if you were trying to be creepy in the Christy Swanson Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. This is <laughs> like if that's your definition for creepy. Yeah, that's that's where he's at. The, my favorite movies. So, um, you know thanks. what I mean. Well, my I mean. my way of describing he's petting, her. the petting, like yes, petting girls, like, like always trying to pet her. Like no, well, my description of crypt was this: if, if the the how from Jeff Goldblum in, Dur- in Jurassic Park was a human incarnation. <laughs> it would be crypt. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with that. Um, so they're being harangued by this. They're having fights um, at a basketball court. To wit, by the way, Scott jumps on Melvin's motorcycle and just leaves everybody there, his new friends, and just bones out and drives home, which they already know where he lives, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about this movie. They're always running from them, and then they go home, where they know where you are, because they were there in the first shots of the film. (laughs) You dumb shits. You dumb, dumb shits. But but Um, hey, it allowed them for at one point to make this movie suddenly become Home Alone. Yeah, it becomes a combination of Home Alone and um, Scooby-Doo and the movie FX with the two Bryans in it. <laughs> Wait, there was, another, there was another moment that I was like, okay, you lost me. Like, I'll believe in, like, dude stabbing mannequins and coming back and haunting. Like, I'll believe in all of that. But what I don't believe is that there was a gang squatting in this abandoned house, trashing it, having sex, doing drugs... And literally the next day, it was a home. (laughs) There was just boxes, and there was, like, wallpaper. And they're like, it's home. Oh, look, there's a dumbwaiter that, like, there was people, like, taking a shit in the corner because they were squatting in your house. Like, I don't, that's right there. That's the the power of Pine Saw, baby. Yeah, I was... (laughs) What the, it's sad that the most believable thing in this movie is the haunting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm like, I will believe all of these other things. I will, I will believe that this noose is climbing around, getting around people's decks in the middle of the night. But you clean that house in one day? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the timeline this film happens in for seventy like, years. I don't understand where at the time. How long does this, yeah, how long does this movie take? Like, what, like, how many days are they there? Um, is what I want to know. Because, like, you get the gang on the, on the, on the playground, right? Um, and immediately right after that, like, that night, they assault, um, they assault the family. They assault the family by drawing the girl out. Now, the the weird part is that the ghost of Tyler, who inhabits this house, especially the third floor, has been drawn to Scott to protect Robin, but also is inside of Crip 
trying to get with Robin. Yeah. What? 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 That's not how ghosts work. That's not how this works. But they draw her out by getting her cat in the middle of the night. So she goes after her cat and is violently assaulted by a gang in shitty spirit Halloween masks. Oh, no, um, those weren't even spirit Halloween masks. Those weren't even um, Party City. Those were more like the, the 99-cent store that you would go down on Santa Monica Boulevard to go and buy. And, and then, um, you know, the ghost wakes Scott up, and Scott goes on a, a punch rampage, and he just gets his ass kicked by this, you know, because they're getting revenge for the, for the incident on the, uh, at the basketball courts. Then, like, the next day, Dad takes Scott out into the junkyard with a shotgun <laughs> and calls him, what, I forget the exact quote, but literally calls him a pussy. Yeah. For not, for not wanting to shoot a gun. Um, and then immediately goes, we're leaving, we're going back to Boulder for a court case, have fun. Like what? That's what is amazing parenting. You call your you call your kid a pussy and then just leave, leave them to work on a hearse that they found. <laughs> that hearse is its whole. It's, I can't Are even. You like your dad didn't just take you out to shoot shit and then leave you. No, and I also can't explain this movie because it's too goddamn wild. I, I, I there's too much. Too much happens in this movie. <laughs> To be able to effectively explain what happens. So all this is happening. They come back. So one thing that does happen that I do want to, that does bear mentioning is the next morning, apparently they call the cops and the cops show up. And she, and, and Jill draws pictures of the gang. <laughs> oh yes. Her brilliant drawings. Yes. Also, you know, all of 20 minutes. Yes. And the cops are like, well, we can't use any of this information. You didn't see them. <laughs> but still, what a wonderful drawing. You have a future in this. I don't yes, know. we saw all these guys here two days right. ago. Two days. And do you remember the two cops that came the day that we tried to move in? And Crip came creeping around the side with a switchblade and a pink shirt. Do you remember that? It's, it stands out. It really stands out. You tell me the cops say anything about that or do anything about that. Uh, we, you don't know who these guys are. There's a fat guy on a dirt bike in a gang just riding around town. You guys don't know who that guy is? Really? I just described him. I'm not sure if he was wearing a mask. I think that just might have been his face. And you guys don't do anything. Like, they tried to rape me and beat the shit out of my brother. My dad shot a shotgun on our front porch in downtown Burbank. You think it might be Burbank? <laughs> we, don't even know where we, are. we don't even know where we are. UCLA is literally like a pick up a rock and hit UCLA. <laughs> Have you seen my house? There's a rope. Have you seen the rope? Oh, there's the rope. Now it's gone again. What the hell? That record player is haunted. Nobody's touched this room. We cleaned it in a minute. Mr. Clean came in here and cleaned this house. You remember the last time you were here? It was either eight months ago or yesterday. Who knows? In this movie, who knows? I think, um, I think this film broke Andy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he watched it twice. I think once would have been enough. The yeah. second time, did it. So, so, so bone out to Boulder. <laughs> so, 
So right? They just leave him. Go. What do you want to say? Say something, Roy. I was going to say that we let, let's just cut to the final 15 minutes of this film. No, no, we can't. We've got we to gotta explain how they... The only thing that I liked about this movie was the fact that they tricked me. This movie was shitty for 50 minutes. And then they tricked me by doing some Scooby-Doo-ass shit to the gang and having them all convinced that they were dead with their studio magic that I apparently learned at UCLA High School. Um, <laughs> window. Do what? That penis monster against the window. It was supposed to be coming out of his abdomen, but it looked like it like, had a giant... It definitely it was, a dick. It was a PP monster, and she like wakes up and she's like, oh my god. Your penis looks weird. Your penis is different. So the penis is different. different. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Yes. I'm candy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm covered in period blood. I'm candy. You know, they usually do just a whole. They, they they did a whole bunch of hijinks and shenanigans to pull a bunch of pranks on them to convince them all they were dead with a bottle of chloroform. A bottle of chloroform Why and a bunch not? of stage shenanigans. And that was the best part of the movie, in my opinion, was that. Because it actually tricked me into thinking they were dead. And then they were dead. Where did they get the chloroform? I want to know where they found the time to make exact replicas of their heads. Where in the hell did they find the time to make the exact replicas of these heads? Because those were just like some Stan Winston quality heads that they did there. And I'm like, they had no time to paper mache those things into fashion overnight. Was it overnight? Was it an hour? Was it three weeks? We don't know. Could have been. How long were they in Boulder? Nobody said. Nobody said. Seasons changed in this movie. Sunrise, LA, sunset, sunrise, sunset. You expect that to play while they're making this shit, you know? Yeah, you saw that, the, the sunrise and fall a bunch of times. Um, but yes, so they pull a bunch of shenanigans, convince them that they're dead. They come back um, and um, dr liquid drug the the two liter, or I guess whatever it was of Coke that they paid the pizza guy to take in. How yes. did they do that? How, how, when did soda, I'm maybe I'm not old enough. Did soda come in a carton like that? I don't remember because I really didn't start doing like delivery pizza until I was way into high school in the nineties. And I remember Coke being delivered in the two liter bottle. Prior to that, whenever right. I wanted to go to pizza, it was either like the sit-down restaurant version of Pizza Hut or Round Table Pizza or Chuck E. Cheese when I was a little kid, and soda came in the fucking pitchers. Is this a Mission Impossible movie? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of... Have access to all these really high potent drugs. And, and what like, was it? What, what I mean, what was masks. it? What was it that was? What what was it that was in that carton? Was it codeine? I mean, what, what was it again that was in there? Was it he Michael said, Michael Jackson's Jesus juice? I mean, what was it in there? No, he said it was because I thought he said it's liquid alcohol, but that's obviously not what he said no. because that's the form it's in. It was 
um, was like it morphine? Bar- barbiturates or liquid amphetamine? It might have been liquid amphetamine. I don't remember what he said, but it was liquid. It was some form of drugs that knocked him out from 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 eating it. I guess knocked them both out, right? Yeah. Um, and they had finished the pizza, so. Well, I'm plus also the whole you thing. Pizza, they, I'm going to eat that thing. They must have been really desperate for pizza, too, because when the pizza delivery guy delivered the pizza and re- and when they found out that it was the wrong graduate, he's just like, oh, shit. Well, you know, I'm just going to waste the time delivering. Here, have this for five bucks. Okay. Right. Yeah, all right. Now, after everything that's happened to you, you have some strange random pizza delivery guy come up to your door and and doesn't seem like he's that pissed off and then is eager to dump off of you a pizza that you didn't order so you don't even really know what the ingredients are and then this unable to see the innards carton of supposedly soda for five bucks instead of questioning this guy you're like "Mm, okay well you're literally waiting on a dog day afternoon style home invasion (laughs) at that point Sorry today. What were you saying? If if someone showed up to my door right now at ten o'clock at night and was like, "Here's this carton of soda and this free pizza," I'd be like, "Okay." You would take like, the carton of soda. <laughs> you would be like, "I will take your carton of soda." Mm, my favorite flavor pizza, Roofie. I was like, "This looks delicious." Oh, it has sardines. Cool, it's free. I'll eat it. All right, Roy. Now we're into the last fifteen minutes of the movie. So, so go they, ahead. So they wake up and they're having a quote-unquote party in the house. The saddest party I've ever seen. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> with this party that's going on, the ghost is is is. First of all, the ghost lives apparently in the mirror of this house, which shatters a couple of times, yet miraculously gets fixed. Sure, um, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Um, so he's watching the goings-on of this party. And um, Melvin decides to grab the, the, the mannequin girlfriend and take... I, I, how would we describe what he does with his motorcycle to her? Get thick in the warm? <laughs> um, like... T- t- Tire treads her landing strip. I mean, is that a good way to put it? Has transformer sex. There you go. Has transformer sex. There you go. Me- meanwhile, while this is going on, Crip takes uh, Robin up to uh, Tyler Walker's bedroom. It's apparently he knew about this place. Starts playing Dancer in the Dark again, and that's when it finds out that, surprise, surprise, he's... Crip is related to Tyler Walker. Meanwhile, shenanigans are going on downstairs, and Tyler Walker's ghost said, all right, fuck you bitches. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. And it starts killing them in the most passive-aggressive ways I've ever seen. I, for, for, first, first, you got death by motorcycle. Now, I can understand 
a motorcycle crushing somebody. If the You're mo- if, uh, up against the wall, as if it were a motorcycle. Yeah, if, if <laughs> that's if, not what it was. If it was one, a Harley Davidson, and two, going over fifty-five miles per hour. It and was a dirt bike. This was a dirt I've bike. I've literally been run over by a dirt bike. This, this and is, I'm still alive. This and is, I weighed. 54 pounds when it happened. It was a week ago. This, or was it eight months ago? I'm in the movie. <laughs> this was a dirt bike going no more than 25 miles per hour. That's being generous. It, it only had to run. Going into Melvin's 300 plus pound body and somehow <laughs> at that speed managed to crack his entire rib cage and skull. Yeah. If that wasn't enough, um, talk about the sex scene. <laughs> oh, oh, the sex scene. Oh, I blocked out that damn sex scene. I I've watched it twice. Those great '80s boob jobs. Those are those are some fun times when boob jobs look like that. Yes. And you walked around wearing was she wearing a denim jacket or a leather jacket with no bra? It was a leather jacket with no bra. Leather jacket with no bra. She was tawny. Like, just, she she was basically wearing the tawny contain goes out to dinner special. She was. She was the red lobster tawny contain special. The only way that that's possible is if you're. I mean, I guess if you had the '80s boob job, you can't feel anything. But those nipples are stuck into the inside. Yep, that part. There, there's another thing. I believe the glass shatters and comes back, but your nipples ain't stuck to the inside of that jacket. Mm. Well, well, if memory serves me right, her boobs were so plastic surgery stretched she didn't have nipples. Well, if, she, if memory, here's my here's the thing that amazes me the most, right? If those are the things that are unbelievable for you, the part that's unbelievable for me is that they wrote into this script, they back wrote all of this, all of these answers to these questions into this script and couldn't write a good script. So there's a scene early on and I wrote, I made notes. I made notes. Of course you did. <laughs> because I, because it made the, the line that they said made zero sense. So allow me, here it is to pull up this note and say, um, um, okay. So there was a scene at the very beginning with the electric blanket. Um, where she's like got the electric blanket and she's got the cord and she says, Oh, this is the mom says, Oh, the cord is frayed. It would have been really nice to have tonight. The husband says there's, this is at the point in time where they moved in and the power was out. And the husband says, yes. Oh, well, there's no power. She literally says, Oh, it's for future reference. She says it. In the movie, she says this is for future reference to something that's going to happen later in the movie. God damn it! That's the thing that happened. And then during the sex scene, he accidentally a spills two forties of something on the <laughs> and then somehow manages to bump the electric blanket which was now plugged in <laughs> yeah yeah and then it and then it, much like spinal tap it cranks to 11 and explodes his hand and i am oh that assume, exploding hand was a wonderful effect explodes his hand out through his penis because she gets fried too oh yeah you know how physics works 
But anyway, that's what you gets, call that's what you call making thick and the warm. Yeah, she got she got electrocuted to orgasm and then to death. So oh, yeah. I guess that's a good way to go. I don't know. But yeah, it was an 80s. I mean, it was almost like they were the scene didn't need to exist at all. Well, they, they needed like, a scene with is, tits because it was the 80s yeah, and they needed scenes like with tits. They were tits. like this has to be. This is a, you know, this is a part sad requires us to have. Sag. <laughs> <There, laughs> there had to be like, boobies and there had to be sex and there had been neither so it was yeah. the last 10 minutes of the movie. We need boobies and sex immediately. It's like the sack representative showed up and goes, no, wait. No, no. Uh, you're going to have to get one of these women topless in this movie. <laughs> that's, those are, that's, a, that's, a re- that's a union requirement. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, well, we'll write it in in the last 10 minutes of the movie. And Miss Charlie Spradling, who played Tina, said, I'll do it! Um, by the way, local girl, she's from, for me, she's from Fort Worth, Texas, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, she yes. had, so she had 80s Texas tits. Yeah. Good, I guess. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so all of these random deaths are happening. Um, uh, <laughs> um, What's his name? God, Stoney goes to the basement because he had such good luck down there last time. Then he goes back to the basement to look for the fuse box. Um, And um, at the same time, Candy, everybody in this movie is completely beside themselves with the idea of a dumb waiter. (laughs) Everyone in this movie, nobody understands a dumb waiter. It happens at the beginning, and then it happens again when Candy's like, "Oh, that kid's a dumb waiter," and then she like sticks her head and she's like, "Hello," <laughs> and Stoney's like, "Oh, like people playing on my phone," and then the dumb waiter falls on his head and kills him. <laughs> so good, it was so good. But by far, I want to hear, I want to hear Danae explain the death of Silk. Do you remember the death of Silk today? With the gun? Yeah, because it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I'm at this point, everyone's had pretty, like, fantastical deaths. Unbelievable deaths. And he just shoots himself in the head. Like, I was disappointed. I'm sorry. I thought he was going to do something pretty cool. Or like, I don't know, they were shooting the gun earlier. But it was the preemptiveness to it that made it cool because the shotgun loaded itself. Jumped off of the ground into his hand so that that he could get suicide by cop. That is a whacked out nefarious way for a ghost to kill somebody. (laughs) Go ahead, I'm sorry. Cool. No, you're fine. Everyone else is getting like these really fantastical murders and i'm like here's like the biggest prick of them all he's the leader i was like oh the gun loaded itself and he shot himself so the thing is like oh the cops are coming right so like all these people are like dead and there's blood and stuff everywhere and i don't know i just like why it so his head should have blown up like grotesquely like it just was the least it was like oh they showed some really grody stuff 
And they're like, oh, here's this. Well, for some head. reason, back then in the 80s, it was like that when somebody shoots them in the head. It was like a little blood splurt in a little hole. Why do well, the neighbors were... not call the cops when they saw a, a fat guy on a dirt bike driving? <laughs> 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 Next door, they were squatting there, and those people were like, "Ah, oh, no, they live there now because they were a gang." And that's the thing where all of this is lost is because if it is LA and it's a gang of white people in LA, that's that a gang. <laughs> if a gang was in the fucking movie Cats, all right, <laughs> that's what that is. That's not a gang. That's not a gang. That's why it has to be Burbank that white people would allow this to happen because if they were in Compton or actual LA, like no other neighborhood would be like, oh, I'll just let these white dudes in. It's all right. Like, no, I'm sorry. This gang is the dialogue boys, but they're all, all the cops. No, they can squat here. It's fine. We don't know who you're talking about. We kicked them out of your house yesterday. So that's why they're not calling the cops because it's Burbank. You must mind your own business. It's Burbank, okay? Keep in mind, back then, Burbank was the type of town in Los Angeles where everybody sat around eating scooter pies going, fuck. So, you know, they just thought it was excitement. Here's a note that I made. <laughs> it says, it says, is Crip just Nell the college years? Because <laughs> I think Crip just doesn't know how to communicate <laughs> at all. It's like he just learned the English language. Absolutely like the flunky and then he starts like bossing people around and I'm like, Silk, you're just gonna like take from this like skid mark? Like I don't understand how he got power all of a sudden. Like, no one touch her. I was like, what? You were like a flunky. Said, no one touch her. Um, and there was there was also one scene that happened earlier that I do that that one hundred percent bears mentioning because they bring in a newspaper article after he goes to the library and with Todd Bridges he brings in a newspaper article that talks about the the, the murder suicide in the house and it's got a picture of Tyler and um and uh, Morena or Marina or however you pronounce her name in it and. He's talking, and, and Scott's talking to Robin about it and puts it on the bed, and Robin's taking her hair up to see if she looks like her. Turns around and looks at the thing, and then in her mirror, Tyler creeps in, mm-hmm. okay? And he's got, like, the knife in the air, and then she turns around and sees him, and he freezes, and it looks like he's saying to himself, oh, shit, I stayed in the mirror too long again, because he's like, oh, oh, shit, and then he just, like, backs out. I'm like, that's fucking great. I'm like, that was the best scene in the entire movie. I don't know why they made that choice, but okay. Speaking of, um, while all this is going on, the scene is being set upstairs, and I need somebody to explain this to me because Tyler is setting up the very beginning of the movie again, almost like what would be considered a residual oh, yeah, haunting. He, yeah, he's 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 basically pressed rewind and is no he's remaking the movie at this point yeah he's remaking the the first scene but he gets her and he's dancing with her and then he unzips her dress just like at the beginning in the back and then he takes the knife out and goes to stick it in her but then retracts the blade did you see it yes yeah why (laughs) effects 
Because <laughs> also he was a flunky and he was just like this random like that. I get he's his relative son eighty years ago, but he's seventeen and like he's he's just a wimp. Like I don't I don't understand how he's supposed to be like powerful enough to tell Silk what to do, and then he's like, I can't actually stab her. But then he hangs himself. Uh, just like just like Tyler did or, or but then now he lives in the mirror. That's what we find out at the end is that he lives in the mirror. Yeah, he took his so, he took his father, grandfather, great grandfather, father's place. Yeah, sure. Uncle's nephew, whatever. <laughs> um, oh, then that means he's his own grandpa now. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. Uh, nice. But there's also a weird dream sequence where they're riding around in their hearse trying not to have sex with each other. And um God, there's so many scenes of them just trying not to have sex with each other. And um, and Tyler jumps in from the window and tries to stab stabs her and she's like, Oh, it's a dream, and then she wakes up and he's like like laying on top of her. Like, it's just a dream. We put your head some more, sister. Like, ghouls. This is the grossest thing I've seen in this movie yet. You know what's the big impact thing I walked away with with this movie? Is the fact that it obviously killed Raven because she's not here. Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. Um, So this killed. Renee died. I'm sorry, everyone. Mm -hmm. Renee died because this movie was so confusing. Her brain actually exploded. She's in your mirror now. It's cool. Don't worry about it. No matter how many times the mirror explodes, it'll be back in the next scene. (laughs) It's fine. Um, (laughs) So do you? So so the question begs: Do you recommend this movie? Well, first of all, what that's what the movie was. Here's what the movie is. It is a music video for an unreleased two-hour meatloaf song. That's what this movie actually is. <laughs> it's the, the only thing it was missing was Keanu Reeves and Paula Abdul. And then it would have been perfect. Um, wow. Okay. Do I, re- do I suggest people watch this film? Yes. I'm going to put this into the same category that I put Spider Baby, which is if you are having a weird, like a Halloween party or a get together or just a night, like with your creepy friends playing board games or something, it's definitely worth putting on in the background because there's some scenes in it you're going to laugh at. Like if you make this into a drinking game, 100% watch it. If you're sitting down to watch a movie, do not watch this film. Don't watch it twice. Whatever the fuck you do, <laughs> don't do it. I still can't believe you did that, R- Renee. I, I I mean no, Renee's dead. I'm sorry, Danae. Yeah, you can call up without a Ouija board. <laughs> Danae, do you recommend this movie? Originally, I was going to say yes, but then Andy has made me. Feel- <laughs> <laughs> now that he's beat the dead horse reincarnated the dead horse into a dirt bike and ran over a mannequin's crotch with it. Um, I feel like you're right. Like if you were to watch it, like with some friends at a party or something, that would be fun. I think my issue is like, I just really enjoy watching shitty movies that don't make sense sometimes. Like I will, I of course I enjoy like a profound film that makes me think and whatever cool you won an academy award sometimes i'm like i just want to watch some shit that i'm like uh they made that 
Because like on the profile, that was a choice. Like they made that. Like (laughs) I didn't know what else to say, and I had convinced Chris to watch it with me, and he was like, "That movie looks terrible." And we both there were so many times in the film, and I was like, "I don't understand what's happening." And re-talking about it with you guys, I think I understand less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched it twice, and the second time made less sense than the first time. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, if you like watching crappy 80s horror movies, this is not that. This is worse than that. Yeah. And so, if you want to call yourself, like, a connoisseur of bad 80s films... You can't until you've seen this. And then you'll be like, wow, all of those other really terrible movies are fantastic. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. It's like a makes you realize how some bad movies really aren't that bad. Because you yeah, could be getting driven over by a dirt bike to die. That's a positive spin. I like that. You could be being uh, chased by a Camaro while driving a hearse. <laughs> <in the street. laughs> can you drive this thing? I don't know. Do it. I'm going to throw a coffin at a Camaro. <laughs> I don't. That I, happened in this movie, and it wasn't worth talking about. It wasn't That's how worth insane this movie is. And out of all of the things that I was like, I will, I don't believe you fixed that house up that quick. I don't believe, whatever. Like they also fixed that hearse pretty quickly with no knowledge of how to repair vehicles. So did she get her okay. kill? Did she? I just want to know if she got her kill. Because she really wanted that kiln so that she could uh, so she could fire some of her masterpieces that she was making. There's a whole beeline story about her being an artist that we didn't get. Well, that was the Tommy Wiseau element of the of the plot. Yeah, there's a lot to. I agree with you, Danae. I I do like I. Nobody loves a bad '80s horror movie more than me. Right. But if I were to sit down, if it was like a Saturday night and I was by myself and I just wanted to watch like a bad 80s horror movie and I picked this at the end of it, I would be pissed because I didn't pick The Kindred or Evil Speak or any of the other bad 80s movie like horror movies that we've done. Like like because I was because I was more confused at the end than I was at the beginning, there was no real good payoff for me. Yeah, that that's my that's that's my thing. Like, absolutely watch it. 100% watch it. We should make <laughs> merit patches. Do what? I want to write the drinking game for it now. Every time there's an odd sexual tension between the brother oh. and the sister, take a shot. You're You'll so be sick faced by the end of the movie. Shit-faced by the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, let's not do that. Um, no, that, 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 that will kill people. <laughs> well, Andy, we have officially reached um, the moment of truth. Uh, God damn it! Oh, no. We we have reached we have reached the time to announce the official twentieth movie. I'm glad that today's here for emotional support. Yes, and you know it's interesting that you mentioned about forgotten B movies of the eighties because that's exactly oh. what our twentieth movie is. And when I say Forgotten movies. Mm, this hurts me already. It's it's really forgotten. And the thing is, is that this movie, at one period of time, from the late 80s to the early 90s, was known as the sister film of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, it's not shock treatment. Um, a long time ago, a classic German silent movie was made called The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. 
Yes, it was. I've a seen it. It's great. Brilliant movie. Sure. Someone in the late 80s had the brilliant idea of making a sequel to it. Oh, sweet baby lord. However, in, right. in this sequel, Dr. Caligari is actually now female and is a, rel okay. is a relative of the infamous Dr. Caligari and is a psychiatrist who is known for her um, unusual methods. Of course. The, yeah. the, the film has the same shoestring budget that um, Oingo Boingo's um, Forbidden Zone had. <laughs> okay. And is just as bonkers. The name of the film is Dr. Caligari. Okay. And the film is so forgotten that it never made the jump from VHS. All right. I hate uh, you already here's so the much. Thing, here's the thing, though. The movie was a critical hit. All right. Los Angeles Times declared it consistently outrageous and imaginative. Variety magazine called it a twisted, skewed day glow world, a visual explosion reflecting a mad world. One person said that this is the love child, <laughs> the love child of Liquid Sky and Forbidden Zone. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't like any of what we're talking about. <laughs> Those words. Those were all words. Now, I don't now, like now, whatever this is. I don't like whatever's happening. Now, right now, re now I, remember. I don't feel now, good about it. Now, do keep in mind, Andy, as I promised, the 21st film is a palate cleanser. So I just want to go on record right now. I know we'll get into it, you know, in the first part. But the writer, one of the writers for this, um, has written for Alf, uh, Moonlighting, and 30-something. Just keep that in mind, all right? <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently Dr. Caligari has a vast past, and I'm going, why have I never heard of this movie? And so I started doing some more research on it. I started watching some clips on it, and I'm like, holy shit, we gotta do this movie. And so, right. I just, and so I've been saving this one for our 20th film. Let's do it, baby. All right. Jackass. And, Danae, thank you so much again. Yes. Uh, you and Renee for appearing on our show. Tell everybody oh, where they can find the spooky bitches of Lubbock. <laughs> the spooky bitches of Lubbock. We are on Facebook. Just type in the spooky bitches of Lubbock or spooky bitches of LBK on Instagram. We are on Pinterest, we are on YouTube. You can find us all over the interwebs, to be quite honest. Um, our next episode will come out November the 1st, and it's we're halfway through season one, so us. look at all of our Halloween stuff. Now that Halloween's about to be over, we're still going to have lots of spooky content throughout the year, so... Will you be making appearances at Lubbockon also in 2020, or...? We will be. So what we are going to do is our second season will premiere on March the 1st, but if you attend Lubbockon on February 29th, because it is a leap year, you can actually see the first episode of season two um, before the rest of the world. Awesome. So we're at Lubbockon. 
um, will also be uh, Michelle Hillstrom, my co-creator, will have a booth there selling her um, novels, and so we'll have some spooky bitch merch there that you guys can get, and we all have different tables and booths every year. I mean, I'll be in the least spooky outfit because I'll be volunteering with my volunteer shirt, but we'll all be there doing nerdy stuff and trying to make it as spooky as we can. So, um, yeah, I mean, trying to just wrap up this first season. We're going to take a little break as far as filming goes, but episodes will still be releasing every month while we take a breath, try to play uh, the ho- the other holidays that aren't Halloween that aren't our big focus, <laughs> and then we'll come back strong and ruin Valentine's for everyone. Yay! <laughs> Hallmark Windfall Day. Again. I'm just gonna watch this movie again on oh, Valentine's. Oh God, no! Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> you said Andy's watching the movie again. You know things are bad when Andy's like on Facebook watching twice and we're like no 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 you don't even have to typing no like, I, just even... wanna, I just want to cosplay as um as silk that's what i want does anybody Probably got any fish fishnet okay. shirts anybody got... <laughs> judge me no i won't no i won't oh my god so so all does right. that mean we are so... going to expect you to be cosplaying as silk at all con next year I mean, I might. For our panel, I very well might. You You never know what I'm going to show up as. I'm going to do costume changes throughout the panel. I'll be Silk. I'll be Melvin. Who are you, Cole? (laughs) I'll be Crip. I'll show up as Tyler at one point in a mirror and then explode it. The panel's either going to be three weeks long or 15 minutes. Who knows? I'm just going to show up with paper mache versions of both of your heads. Nice. <laughs> nice. And a, big, and a big purple monster to strap onto my chest. Yes. <coughs> your, your dysfunctional penis. That's right. Dysfunctional oh penis. <laughs> Did you say where they could find us, Roy? No, <laughs> not show? yet. So you can find us in our dysfunctional penis on Facebook, and you can also find us on Twitter as these films exist. And I mean, this film definitely exemplifies that name. These films exist. (laughs) So without further ado, folks, thank you so much again. And join us next time on our 20th movie, Dr. Caligari. Talk to you later. Hello, I'm Renee Raven, and this is my review of the film Twice Dead, starring uh, starring not funny Sarah Silverman and the government cheese equivalent of Emilio Estevez. Uh, the film plot basically goes around the fact that this really scumbag dad loses his sh- shit somehow, goes bankrupt, and only has this house that he inherited. Now, this house is uh, currently being squatted by um, degenerate uh, pseudo-punk rockers who I can only assume are defecating in there. I mean, it is a hoarder's house. So they have to move into this squalor, this building that hasn't been occupied in years. I can't imagine what the code enforcement on that would be like, um, but I guess you have to suspend reality for films every once in a while. 
So the squatting punk rockers are not excited to lose their hangout slash uh, bathroom, right? Um, so they cause trouble for this new family, which include the brother and sister, uh, whose names I cannot remember because in my mind they were not funny Sarah, Sarah Silverman and uh, government cheese Emilio Estevez. So there's a scene in which not funny Sarah Silverman almost gets raped, maybe, by one of the gang members. And there's this weird, um, not fully connected uh, or thought out plot about one of the gang members being the uh, spiritual and literal descendant of the magician who lived in the house, who's haunting the house. Uh, and that's why he lusts after not funny Sarah Silverman because she looks like the love object of that magician. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Basically, the only things worth watching in this film are when they throw the cat. That is hilarious. When one of the uh, chubbier gang members rides his motorcycle into the house. And that's about it. Uh, the girl punk rocker is really funny because it looks like she got her outfit from Party City. Um, it's a terribly bad movie uh, with lots of plot problems. Um, the special effects are extraordinarily weak, even for the time. And that's Twice Dead. Make sure you get twice baked before you watch it.